Hi, this is Cody Daigle-Orians. This is Neil Daigle-Orians. And welcome to another episode of Bearded Fruit. Welcome to Bearded Fruit. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of episode than our normal ones uh, because we are recording this episode on kind of a kind of a sad day for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. So last night at Pulse Nightclub, which is a popular gay bar in Orlando, Florida, a gunman entered the club at around 2 a.m. and he was armed with an assault rifle, a handgun, and a suspicious device and began firing into the crowd of hundreds who were there. And at the time that we're recording this episode, police in Orlando are confirming that 50 people were killed in this shooting and there are over 50 who were injured who were in local hospitals. And so that death toll makes this mass shooting the most deadly mass shooting in U.S. history, nearly doubling the death toll from the shootings at the elementary school in Sandy Hook several years ago. So we had originally planned to do a maybe more like fun, possibly joke-filled episode about uh, was, geography and privilege. It's going to be great. Yeah, which is a wonderful conversation to have but the news of today just felt too important and a little too overwhelming to really dive into that with any kind of passion or conviction and i kind of thought that it would maybe be um maybe insensitive to just ignore that this had happened on this day mm-hmm. and put out an a, put out an episode with like jokes and our silliness and talking about um a, a topic that would be kind of evergreen but it's still important that we say something yeah and i just felt that it would be uh appropriate for us to spend a little time addressing some component of what's happening in a, in a way that uh, i think might be useful and so when i was reading um when i was reading today some of the articles that people were starting to put out about the attack one of the articles in usa today surprisingly usa today because they're not normally known for their like really great journalism choices sometimes in lgbt matters but they have colorful sections yeah in an article in the usa today uh talked a little bit about pulse as a nightclub and a gay club uh, itself and its history and i thought this was a really interesting component um one of the owners of the nightclub uh, barbara poma uh opened pulse where this event happened in honor of her brother who died from AIDS. And the, she has always believed that pulse was more than just another gay club that uh, she's quoted as saying, quote, being raised in a strict Italian family, being gay was frowned upon. However, when John came out to his family and friends, the family dynamic transitioned from a culture of strict tradition to one of acceptance and love. It was important to create an atmosphere that embraced the gay lifestyle with decor that would make John proud. Most importantly, we coined the name pulse for John's heartbeat. As a club that is John's inspiration, where he kept alive, where he is kept alive in the eyes of his friends and family. I'm gonna cry. So, what I thought that we could talk a little bit about, because I pretty, I have a pretty good like story. I wanted to just talk about gay bars, because I know that in other episodes we have kind of um, been shady. Which I can't imagine that we would ever be shady about anything on this show. We're very respectful. Um, but we have maybe been a little shady about gay bars and have sort of talked about them as being kind of like passe and nobody goes to them anymore. And why are all the straight girls at the gay bar and, and those sorts of things. And um, yeah, like without without like getting like super sad about it, because I already feel like this could turn into like a 
Ileana Von Sant Fix My Life kind of episode where I'm crying by the end of it. Um, You're going to be crying. Probably I, at some I point. I can feel are. that it's happening. Um, but I wanted to talk about gay bars as, from a personal per- point of view, as um, the kind of spaces that are incredibly important, especially since this is happening during Pride, where we are all as a community thinking about how important it is to be proud of who we are. Um, I know that like gay bars were the places where I first figured that out. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about for a little bit. I want to tell my gay bar story before yeah. yours because I know that yours is better. Okay, go ahead. You can start. So my first time I was at a gay bar, I think I was 18. I might have been younger than that. Um, and for context for everybody in the audience, um, 26-year-old Neil who's sitting here has never been drunk and has never... <laughs> even like taken a shot or drank a beer or anything i am very boring but um anyway so so 17 potentially 18 year old neil decided to go to this gay bar in omaha called um the official name of it is the omaha mining company but everybody knows it as the run um and they had like i didn't really fully understand the situation but they have like um like an 18 and up like dance party hours and then there's like the actual like this is a bar get out of here children hours um so i was there for the 18 and up hours um with a couple friends um (laughs) and um midway through the night there's a tornado warning (laughs) and um it was pretty great it was pretty great because nobody knew what was happening nobody knew what was going on um, and, and for those of you who aren't from the Midwest, the difference between a tornado watch and a tornado warning is that a tornado warning means there's literally a tornado. <laughs> right. A tornado watch is just like, oh, watch for them. Be careful. Right. Like somebody's seen. Their, their tornado has been spotted. A, a tornado has been spotted and has touched down. It's yeah. more than just a funnel cloud. Um, so like halfway through the night, um, eventually we were just like, we should get in the basement or something. <laughs> so me and my friends just like, we're sitting in the basement next to the jukebox just hanging out and like everybody else was just like, Oh, whatever. And like, I was terrified. It's so funny because tornadoes have never scared me and gay bars have never scared me. But for some reason, the combination, (laughs) I, and like, I was too young and my mom didn't know where I was. Like, I didn't tell her I was going to no. Yeah. So I was just like, what's going to happen if I die in this gay bar? What's my mom going (laughs) to think? Oh my God. It's a very volatile combination. No. Yeah. And it's like, Oh cool. Of course there's a tornado warning. The one time I decided to be like very, very gay in my life. Um, so yeah, maybe that's why I don't go to gay bars that often. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's why. Um, and then my only other gay bar story that I have is I went, um, I went to another club in Omaha called the Max, which um, based on the description sounds pretty similar to Pulse actually in terms of size and stuff. So it, it I can kind of picture the the scenario and it's really terrifying in that sense. Um, but I went with a group of friends and. Levi of all people um afterwards was just like man uh, Levi's a very very straight man um and he was just like yeah it was nice I felt like I could just be me <laughs> and oh, that's great no it's really funny and any of any of my listeners who are my friends back home like know who know Levi that's really really funny um but I was like yeah that's that's kind of the point that's yeah kind of the point. that's kind of the idea he and he was like super flattered that he got hit on in the bathroom. It was great. I was very proud of him. Awesome. 
So those are my stories. So uh, as we all know from if you if you listen at all, you know that I'm I'm a, a fair bit older. So um, what? Yeah. <laughs> Homo say what? I am. I'm a little bit older. I didn't know that. And so um, and I'm also from Louisiana, from South Louisiana. What? So I grew up a, a little queer boy in South Louisiana. And um, there is this is my first time at a gay bar story. There is this bar in. It was in, it was on the quote unquote bad side of town and it was at a place called four corners and four corners was infamous because that was a place where all the prostitutes were. Mm. So if you needed to like get a prostitute, you'd go to four corners and the gay bar though, like the one gay bar that I was aware of was at four corners. Real quick question about four corners. Yeah. Were there specific corners for like your interests like no i well, i don't know i don't i never really visited four corners for that purpose but it was called four corners were there gay hookers on i don't know the gay no corner no. well probably no actually i think about it, i mean probably that was what's going on at this place um so and i like before i actually went there the only reason i know about it is because my grandparents live not far from it my maternal grandparents live not far mm. from that part of town we drive through there and it would be the bar that my parents would point to and say like oh that's where the faggots go and mm. so that's where I, that's how I knew about this club. And you were like home. Right. I knew. So I was, so I was 18 and I was working at Maison Blanche, which is a, the was the Louisiana version of Macy's. And I was working in the China department at the time. That was my, it was my college job. And people were very surprised when he came out. And so after I got off work, I decided I was going to be super brave and I was going to go to this gay bar. And I'm postponing saying the name because the name is fantastic. So I was going to go to this gay bar. And so I went to my very first gay bar dressed in my retail outfit. So I had like a black pair of khakis. I remember exactly what I was wearing. I had a black pair of khakis. I had a brown shirt and a Looney Tunes tie. I'm sorry. I'm you were wearing a brown shirt with black pants. I was wearing a brown shirt with black pants. That's and why a, they were actually surprised when you came out. <laughs> and a black Looney Tunes tie. And so all the, you know, like all the characters in the Looney Tunes tie were all like smiling and I, like it was really it was strong. tragic. It was tragic. So the name of this bar was called C'est la Guerre, which is French French for that's war. Oh. That's the name of the bar. C'est la Guerre, that's war. And um literally it looked like it inside. I mean, this was the most broke down bar that there ever was. It was it was it was in a portable building. It was like uh, I think it was actually like a couple portable buildings that had been like mushed together and oh. had side. It was Dora. It was were pirated between real them. tragic. It was like the bar and there were a couple like signs, maybe a couple small tables. There was a jukebox. Is it still there? Uh, the building is, but not not the bar. Aww. And the night I went, so I go in, and I'm 18 years old. It's my first time ever at a gay bar, and there are two people in the bar. There's the bartender and a drag queen sitting at the bar, and then me. <laughs> That's it. So I'm completely terrified. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I, I go over, and I get a, I'm going to get a, a beer. I get a beer from the bartender. And um, the drag queen, who... It was just like the only the person there is like, hey, honey, come here, come here, come here, honey. And she makes me sit next to her. And so I spend my first gay bar evening with this drag queen whose name was Paul. Just Paul. And Paul was super broke. Like Paul was like the most janky drag queen of all time. He was so broke down. He didn't even have a drag name. It was just Paul. Just like Paul. that's that was him. And um, Paul was like the first gay person I'd ever talked to. Mm. And um, he immediate Paul immediately knew 
that I had never been in a, <laughs> in a gay bar before. And he was like, you're not even out, are you? Like, totally clocked. Mm. And um, so that that was my that's my first experience in a gay bar and paul was really sad paul told me all about his like life and um how he was dating this married guy who was wasn't available that night that's the only reason why he was at the bar and he was telling me about all his paula's like sad man stories his married boyfriend wasn't available so he got up in his sad drag and <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because it was like literally the stuff that you'd like get at tj like the stuff nobody wants to buy at tj maxx that was what he was like dressed in with like, like the it's for my wig. sister yeah it was really like paul was so sad but he was like the nicest human being because he took this scared little kid who only knew that that was the place the faggots go spoken of in like incredibly disparaging terms and he like made it a safe space for me he made it a safe space and he gave me like he's gonna cry i'm gonna cry about paul um he created a safe space for me and like i feel like i've always felt like that conversation in that bar which was the the like the most rank sad southern louisiana gay bar of all time that experience was the thing that made it that like opened the door so that I could be okay with being gay like that experience because I had to have somebody who told me it was tell me it was okay because it didn't have that mm. otherwise and um there's a fun addendum to the Paul story epilogue epilogue the next weekend or something I took two of my friends one his name is Todd who I don't talk to anymore and the other uh, my friend his name is Randall and he actually lives in Orlando now and he's he's safe but he lives there now and Randall wasn't out yet, but we we forced Randall to go to say like air, and uh, he was so mad because we didn't tell him where we were going, and he was completely furious. And he he insisted on staying in the car, and he was hiding. He like hunkered down in the back seat between the front seat and the other seat. Like he's like hunkered down hiding because he refused to go into the gay bar, and Four Corners was kind of dangerous. Like you didn't. It was not smart to be <laughs> in, a in the back car. So Paul was there that night. And we told Paul what was going on and that we needed help getting our friend in. So he sent this this like very tall, very fierce black drag queen out to the car. And so the drag queen is like knocking on the window like, hey, baby, you got, uh-huh. you better. <laughs> She's, you know, she was like, you need to get in here because you could get shot. She was like. <laughs> drag queens are always like the the. The like fairy godmothers, totally. Yeah. So Randall, if you happen to listen to this show, don't I? I still remember that. I'm Randall or Paul, or Paul. Like, Paul, if um, you're out there, we love you. But yeah, so that was um, yeah, the beginning of my gay life was was at a gay bar, and it was a place that, uh, you know, I think like in today, particularly thinking about this, um, that place was the only place I thought I would be safe mm. to be me. You know, and I'm sure that there are people, I'm sure all of the people who, who did not get to go home last night felt that way about the bar they're going to, Mm. that that's a place where you're safe and it's safer than the world outside and you can be yourself there. And, um, um, you know, like I have, I I know that like for, for young people today, it's not not nearly as necessary because of the electronic ways that you can connect. But gay bar, a gay bar was where I first danced slow dance with a boy. Mm. He's the first time ever he danced with me. He uh, we danced to um, Pearl Jam's song "Black." <laughs> I am so sorry. Um, and uh, and at the first time, the, my first boyfriend, uh, Guy. Uh, his name is literally Guy. His name is literally Guy. <laughs> 
I've f- met him. His name is literally Guy. <laughs> my first boyfriend, I, we met at uh, Images, was the was the bar, and a drag queen, his best friend who was a drag queen, came over and was like, my friend wants to talk to you. And I was like, really? And you're like, nah, yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, really? That would be cool. And uh, he was, he's been my friend now for, God, 20 years. That's not, yeah, about 20 years we've because been friends. Because you're old enough to have friends for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, we've been friends for 20 years. And um, my best friend, Karen, from a college, we would go and we would go like on Wednesday nights for retro night and we would just dance all night long and we would particularly dance to Tainted Love and the Nicky French dance remix of Total Eclipse of the Heart. Those were our jams. And we drank Zimas. And, <laughs> you know, those, like, really, I... Unironically, you drank Zimas. <laughs> Unironically. And so, you know, today I've just been thinking about how important, although I don't think about them that way today, those spaces were incredibly important to defining who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And they were safe. Yeah, they were safe spaces and they should be safe spaces. They should have been safe spaces for everyone there last night. That should be a safe space for us to be because there are so few real safe spaces mm-hmm. for us in the world. The world isn't a safe space for queer people. And it's it's incredibly. Um, it's just sad. It's just mm-hmm. incredibly sad. So go out there and support your local gay bar. Yeah, go out and support your local gay bar and. Um, and you know, and other gay-owned businesses find each other on Grinder yeah. and be like, "Hey, where's a brother got to go to get tacos from a faggot?" Well, and don't so actually we, say that. No, and especially to remember that in this month that that is so focused about pride, um, to do our absolute, do your absolute best to try to protect the people in our community, no matter who they are, even if their experience is a little different from yours, and even if you don't quite understand their experience as yours. Everyone who is in our community is is being treated by the dominant world in a similar way. Mm-hmm. And like our our community is defined by a bunch of letters and an acronym: LGBTQIA plus plus sign. <laughs> yeah, like those. But you know, in a in a in a broader sense, we're all queer. We're all treated by the dominant culture as though we don't belong and that our expression of ourselves and our identities and our genders and our sexualities are considered wrong and immoral and don't belong in our culture. And so even though the the specifics of those expressions are very different, ultimately, we are all experiencing something similar. We are being told that we do not belong. And this month and next month and every month after, and with, with, with these kind of events that remind you just how much it's still necessary for us to to protect each other mm-hmm. and um, to pr- like protect each other. It's crazy to think that uh, that people are worried about transgender people in bathrooms when they're not necessarily worried about people with guns who are now creating like, the, the worst mm-hmm. mass shooting in American history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, sad. And so like, I I prefaced the us recording this with a little like I might get a little preachy in this. You already have, yeah. So but I got I have like one big last commit. thing. And just I'm going to commit to it. But no, because then I think this is important, and this drives home the point about pride. Since we're recording this during Pride, um, we now this is episode 21 uh, that we have done, and the impulse that started this podcast for me was one of activism. 
And in the wake of the marriage equality ruling, I realized that the gay rights movement had invested a huge amount of its energy into that one issue, gay marriage. And now that it had been achieved, it was a little like opening a curtain and letting light into a dark room. You could really see more of what's actually there. And what was there was a huge amount of battles that we didn't really spend a lot of time thinking about. And that were yet to be won. So we like issues like employment, non-discrimination, trans rights, the rights facing LGBT people of color, racism, transphobia, misogyny in our own community, by er by erasure, the challenge of being gender non-conforming. All of those things um, were sort of like more clear once you got rid of the overwhelming noise around marriage equality. And the dissonance between the weight of all of those issues and the really jubilant tone of like, yeah, we got marriage equality, we've made it as a community, it, that, that dissonance was really difficult to ignore. And that was really like the, the reason why I wanted to start doing this was to have conversations about these things that we weren't really doing a good job talking about. And though we're still really young and we're still evolving in our ways of addressing those issues in an inclusive way, like we're getting better, we're working on it. Um, I think Bearded Fruit exists to say these things matter too. And there's more to be done and we need to do it all together. And so like the one thing that we all have, LGBT and ally alike is a voice. Like you have a voice, I have a voice and a real and tangible way of affecting change in the world, and if not the larger world, then your world, the one you move through every day of your life, is to raise your voice. Like, share your story. Speak what you know to be true. Stand up to people who are, who are marginalizing others. Stand up for people that you know are being marginalized. Correct untruths. Confront biases. And raise your voice when someone else is too afraid to speak for themselves. You know, just um, just be heard however you can because your voice matters. And your voice helps fight the hatred that gives birth to stories like the one we're talking about today. Your voice matters. And the more that you raise your voice and you combine that with actions like voting and protesting and donating and building communities and all the other things that we can do outside of just being heard, the closer we can get to a day where something like this won't ever happen again. Yay. And that really matters. You know, like, it's really... It's really sad that this is a world where that happens. And um, we can all... We can all help stop it. We can all help... Maybe not stop it, because who knows that violence can ever be stopped in the world. I think that might just be kind of interested to who we are as people. But... Um, we can certainly go to making a more just world. We can move toward a more just and a more fair and a more safe world for everybody in it. So. Are you going to have an, uh, <laughs> have a, have a backing track slowly fade in of like something vaguely patriotic? No, absolutely not. I feel like that's it. And I don't know. I hope you're not rolling your eyes and I hope you're like, Oh my God, shut up, please. But, um, I know I am. I'm kidding. Stop. I love you. That, um, it matters and we're, we'll continue to have conversations about news and silly pop culture things and then bigger social issues every week because it matters it matters to to be heard and we're going to branch out into having more voices on our show so that we're giving space to people who aren't being heard because i think it matters and i feel like more than ever after today it matters that much more to do better at this and to do more of this. And I hope that you go out and do the same thing. Go out and be heard and make a difference and 
fill the space that's left by these 50 people who are no longer with us fill that space with action and fill that space with like love and strength and um change um this might be a little cheesy but i think it's safe to assume that you're doing paul proud um i hope so if i could i'd buy him a better wig because ooh, girl (laughs) 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 paul i love you but oh girl you look you look rough was it thirsty was it shake and go (laughs) was it a little of both uh i'm um, i would say it was shake and go Mm -hmm. it was shake and go it was it was it was kelly mantle's first episode wig it was shaken off of somebody else and then she (laughs) went pretty much i think that's so but yeah i hope um yeah you know good on you paul though but like your wig was fine because you did a good thing that night lace front or nah um so we will see you next week with uh, probably our conversation that we were supposed to have this week. Uh, but we will <laughs> we'll see you next week. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Android. Uh, you can also leave us a review or some stars there. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook at Bearded Fruit. And you can find us on the web at www.beardedfruit.com. And if you go over to the website, actually, you can check out um, our Everyday Activist Project, which uh, each week we're featuring an interview with an activist at uh, a LGBT organization somewhere around the country. And they're sharing their wisdom about how we can better impact the world. So head over. We've got two weeks of those up there and a new one comes out every Wednesday so you can check that out on the website as always we really appreciate you and thank you for listening and this week more than any go out and be kind to the people around you LGBT or otherwise and we will see you next week you are beautiful